0: Okay, eight minutes crate. I spelled it right on this. Eight minutes. Talk Just about so crate I can properly cut out the
1: spoiler.
0: No, yeah, I'm taking notes on this. I'm taking the minutes.
1: Yeah, I'm the, taking the minutes for this this episode. Yeah, make sure oh, you send that to everyone after we're done recording because I want to look those over. This is, I will. I will. Oh, this is gonna be
2: a mess. It
0: is Sunday, February 25th, 2018, and you are listening to part two of episode 78 of Roll Up and Die.
2: his a, a, a thought. I'm just kind of pondering now. I don't have any answers. But do, do you suppose that there are well, some really good base genres and some good add-on genres? Like, in other words, uh-huh. some, are, some are always good base genres and, and others are always good add-on. Like, for example, like, uh, let's take C- the Cthulhu Mythos as a genre. Yeah. You can add that to almost any setting. And it always makes and, it and make, and make it and make it better. <laughs> yep,
1: you know what I mean. You're like, you're like, uh, okay, it's it's Japanese mechs, but there's Cthulhu monsters. You're like, yep, I'm in, yeah. I'm in. That sounds awesome. I'm so yeah. in.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. there's, a, I think everything kind of nestles inside everything else. Kind of like what's that Russian doll? Oh, the nesting doll. Yeah, yeah, the Russian yeah. The doll nesting doll. doll. Like, yeah. because yeah. like I mentioned earlier, you know, you have sci-fi horror. But mm-hmm. you know, let's not do infernal demonic horror. Let's do undead horror. Let's not do right. you know right. uh, undead rising people rising from the dead. Let's do a a scientific virus. You know, like let's those things are, that are, are just smaller subdivisions of horror, and they all kind of I think fit together in a way. I but but you're right. Horror kind of tends to work better as an add on because you can yeah. be a little more specific about the horrific parts than you really need to be about the science fiction parts.
2: You, you know, it, it sounds like what we're talking about is cooking in a way because when you're cooking a, a good meal or a good dish, you, you know, you, you want to get the right ingredients together, and, but you want to be able to taste all the ingredients without them fighting each other. You know? Yeah, you want say so, you know, a little, little words, bit of the ramen you noodle, know, a little bit of the salt, a little bit of
0: the added <laughs> paprika.
2: Mm. <laughs> A little exactly. bit of a sriracha sauce, Exa- exactly. Right. But no, like like if you're if you're making a a really nice fish, for example, but you want it, but you have the sauce that you want to put with it, you want to make sure that the sauce doesn't overpower the fish. You want to be able yeah. to taste the fish if it's a good fish. You right. want to cover it up, but you want to taste the sauce too. And finding that ba- that finding that that cooking balance is is fairly analogous to what we're talking about with genres. You know, yeah. you can, you can mix as many almost as many genres as you want. But the more you put into it, the greater the risk that you'll <laughs> overdo it. Yes. Yeah, you um,
1: muddy the waters, and it, it ends yeah. up not tasting like anything.
2: <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, or yeah. or it tastes like everything, which you know, which can be horrifying. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so finding that that sort of blend, that mixture, that that right. Uh, uh, those, those right little bits of taste, you know. So yeah. you have you have your base of Western and you throw in you know, you throw in your, your Cthulhu mythos. Um you add a little bit of steampunk, you know, for you know for spice. Right. And you know, maybe maybe you have nice. uh, a little bit of, say, uh pulper or, or noir to give it a, a you know, a nice kind of dusting. And, yeah. and and you and you have this brand new setting. Right. Let, I'm right. gonna
0: I'm gonna blow your mind here really quick, Alex. That advice right, go the for fish it. that is Maybe the answer to any role-playing game question you have. <laughs> when we talk about making dragons, and we're like, mm-hmm. we're going to make them a little more monstrous, then we're going to make them intelligent, and we're going to make them a little bit more animals, we're going to add a little animal spice here. It's all kind of <laughs> finding that balance, no matter what we're talking about.
2: So so what you're telling me is, roll up a die is done. We're just going to take that clip and put it on a <laughs> loop so people can just keep listening to it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I <tell> you. <laughs> That's it one of the hard things when you're dealing with any kind of genre mashup with RPGs, if you're writing, it's no big deal because you can just write it. But if you're talking role-playing games, if no one's come up with it, then you have to come up with it. Yeah. And that, and that can be the really tricky part. You have to find a system that can, that can handle what you want to do. And there are definitely more of them out there now. You know, like we mentioned earlier, there's systems like fate, there's systems like dread, uh, fiasco to some degree. Um, uh, you have basic role playing, which is, which is good, sort of you know, universal system. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the term Genesis system, just
1: <laughs> came out from Fantasy Flight, which is kind of, it's built specifically for yep. mixing genres and stuff like that.
2: <clears throat> well, and, and the, the original was GURPS. I mean, I'm not right. a big fan of yep. GURPS myself, but they did something no one had ever done before, which was to make rule books for just about every genre there is, period. It was
1: <laughs> built specifically for that. Yeah, definitely. Right, right.
2: It, it is the mashup system. The original, I'm not saying it's the best one, but it, but it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, And then you have ones like Ubiquity, which is definitely compatible with with many different genres, Mm -hmm. you know, and and as people sort of make new genres based on it, the only thing you really have to add with these with the new genres is, um, you know, Different skills, maybe, or you know, different uh, occupations, you know, things like that, which you're gonna have to do anyway.
1: I think you're right, Alex. Like that's the thing that that gets people hung up a little bit is trying to find that system that's gonna work for yeah. them. Where it's like I, you know, I have <laughs> I have this idea in my head of eventually running like an uh, an atom punk game where it's like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's um like 1940s, 1950s yeah. with like atomic power all over the place and stuff, and like atom <laughs> powered cars yep. and stuff like that. And um, I really like that idea, but I'm like, I don't know what system I'd run that, and like fate is maybe a little bit too gonzo yeah. for it, but I don't want to have uh, to completely hack a system actually, to get it to work, Actually, you know? Hol-
2: Hollow Earth Expeditions would probably do it. Would, be, they, would
1: probably be great for it, yeah, yeah. definitely. But yeah, that's that ubiquity, Just that, that, yeah. that first hurdle of, like, right. I want to put a little bit of work into this to make it, like, cool and unique, but I yeah. don't want to have to write my own system in order right. to do this, you know? Right,
2: and, and the difficulty with any sort of, you know, universal system is... Is that it's universal? Beautiful role playing systems are the best when they support the genre that they're made for. Yeah, yeah. You know when when they support how the game how the game should feel and play. You know the tone, the speed. You know all that stuff sort of works together. And so when you use a universal system, you're kind of tied to that in some way.
1: Yeah. Well, and you. <laughs> with a universal system you can kind of lose out on some of the character that comes with a yeah. system that has that is tooled for a specific sort of game or right. specific sort of genre so
2: yeah i mean there there are some like fate for example because with fate right. you're using aspects that you make at the time mm-hmm. um, and so from that perspective it's it's pretty easy to to come up with a brand new genre or mix of genres on the fly, you know, yeah, that was the yeah. thing that impressed me most about that system when I first read it. Was you know, I could I could go to a movie, come home that night, and play a role playing game in that universe. Yeah. Immediately. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that that was one of the things I loved about it the the the, the immense flexibility of it. Um, yeah. You know, the downside is it's 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 very well, it's 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 very movie like you know it has that that sort of tone to it. It wouldn't work for everything, right, yeah. It has
1: that sort of cinematic super heroic kind right. of feel to it for sure, right, yeah,
2: you know, there was a time when
0: the d and d books didn't have firearms rules in them mm-hmm. yeah, and right. so I kind of just had to say, well, it's kind of like a crossbow and then we'd mm-hmm. play with that for a little bit and then we'd decide you know what I don't think that's quite a- kind of like that and we'd adjust it a little more and so on and so forth we'd change it you know two or three times and then find our flintlock pistol that this character was going to have on his character sheet and i think that when you're in a place when you're using a system that's just not quite working for the genre crossover you're going for you mm-hmm. know you you're not in a position where you can use something like fate or something like index card RPG something that's really good at doing everything and yeah. you're, you're kind of shoehorned into a corner look at what the crossbow does to see to guess what the firearm does yeah. look at other mechanics that already exist to try to just adapt them to make your own mechanics on the side jot those mechanics down try them out make everything homebrew if you know you by yeah. by session two, you should already be homebrewing your game. Yeah, yeah.
1: like re- reskinning is one of the most powerful tools in a game master's arsenal. And if oh, you're yeah. if you're wanting to run a like a, a science fiction game, but you are really into D anD D, and that's the system you love, it's so easy to reskin stuff and just make it work. Like, all right, all yes. your spells are. Space magic or all of your spells are now gadgets that are actually science based, you know, and it's yes. it's so easy to reskin that stuff without having to actually change yeah. anything mechanically. Yeah, it's the first
0: time I realized a fireball spell. I can't remember what the, the type of spell was, but it was like a fireball spell could just be reskinned as a trap or a, a grenade. guy with a blowtorch <laughs> Yeah, or, you know <laughs> yep yep and that that first moment was like oh my gosh that's everything all right yeah. <laughs> this is the only book i need like i was just, i was just so
2: excited to get started and i think what you have to do is when you look at your mashup you know once you decide what your mashup is going to be however you come about it and and look for what features of it are the most important you think to that setting and they're going to be different like in in uh, you know, getting back to our our original uh, idea in the last episode, which was alien is you know sci-fi horror, but the horror isn't nearly as important as it is in Event Horizon. So right. you need much more horror in an Event Horizon type setting. And so you know, deciding what are the important features you, you, that are going to give your game the feel that you want, and then pick then pick the system that does that best, and then the rest can be like you said, be be house ruled and and uh, and how and modded and all that. You should. This should kind of be part of the conversation when you're going into talking about running a crossover
0: genre game. You know, yeah, uh, that should be. Yeah. W- what system you run should be at your fingertips, and uh, know that there's more out there than ever before. I mentioned it earlier, but I, I got to give a, a shout out to Index mm-hmm. Card RPG, ICRPG, the Runehammer Games, Runehammer from YouTube and from Drive mm-hmm. Through RPG. His mm-hmm. stuff is. Uh, I'm just now for like diving into it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, this guy is creative as hell and he knows how to make a game that can be, like I said before, you can do anything with it. Uh, and, yep. uh, it's, it's got a place on my shelf and there are some other books that I'm trying, that I want to get from him from drive through as well. So I wanted to throw out there, uh, that out there officially
1: <laughs> on the record,
0: <laughs> on
2: the record. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. Take it and put it in the minutes. But the, the, there's there's a there's a lot of role playing games out there. So I mean, finding one that's going to suit you isn't an, impossible, and and it may, not, it may not even be that hard. I know that, uh, one of my favorite uh, versions of Fate is is one called uh, Strands of Fate, and uh, yeah, it's one someone came up with, and it and it adds a little bit more crunch to Fate. What it what it does is it essentially has some it has some stats. Mm. you you can do a little bit more with the uh, uh with the skills and and that sort of thing and then uh, in the second book uh what they have is they have like pre-made skins for you for various things like they have a section on things that would fit in like a D&D world you know wizards and oh, nice. and, right. and that sort of thing yeah. and and it just gives you sort of this template that you can use for that yeah. system uh, if anyone's looking for a good mashup one strands of fate is pretty good too
0: there's a there's a, a, a worlds of fire and worlds of shadow. I think they're called also the Fate other books. The, the yes. not the core book, but those yeah. two side books are they they have a lot of them like firefighting and and whatnot yep. different genres there. But but specifically, I think some of them are are cross genres things that yep. you that yeah. And of course, we've talked tenfold that uh, Fate is such a good system for doing
2: anything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially like this yeah um, uh basic role playing is another pretty good one too um if you if you're if you're a fan of of a bit more crunch uh because it's a percentile based system and and so figuring out new skills and how they work can be really easy in it right and the the only thing it doesn't do maybe quite as well as some systems would be something like magic you know if you if you want a magic heavy setting uh that you're mashing up with something it, it may not work quite as as well i don't think but you know, again, it depends on how magic heavy you want to be. If you want to be more subtle magic, um, oh, a little, then, then little it'll be bit fine. of subtle magic sauce. A little bit of subtle. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Very mellow magic
0: flavor. It's so all relaxed, man. Her, dude, it's all that same analogy, Alex. It's your fish. It's your dang fish. That's the yeah. thing I mean, Elon it, Musk is going to send into space.
1: Cooking is such a good uh, analogy for everything because yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. you want flavor, but not. You want everything in balance. And that's, yep. that's uh, true of almost everything. <laughs> uh,
0: I think we should answer a bunch of questions right now. Let's do that. Let's do it. All right. So this first question comes from Andrew S. Uh, I'm a big fan of sci-fi plus fantasy, and my homebrew mm-hmm. campaign more or less runs on those lines. However, I'm having an issue conceptualizing interstellar space travel mm. in a setting with many planes and living stellar bodies. I have my own ideas, but where do you all stand on meshing planar and space travel and cosmology? Does every plane have its own rendition? Hold on, hold on. Does every plane... We're we're kicking it off the right way, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Does every plane have its own rendition of space, its own galaxies? Is this perhaps a feature unique to the mortal plane? Or could it be that space is the astral sea and or lies between the planes? Okay, here's the deal. Sweet. Whatever you decide the answer is yes Andrew I don't care what <laughs> yeah. your brain is telling you about right, right. what you're disagreeing with whatever you decide the answer is yes
1: The yeah. what I what I immediately thought of when he was asking this question was spelljammer the D&D setting yeah. spelljammer which wasn't really a setting in as much as it was a way for you to go to, like visit the different campaign settings of D&D yeah. using ships and traveling yeah. through the sort of the astral um what was it called? It was the uh, Alex, do you I remember? I pride what it was myself
0: called? in not knowing what it was called. The
1: it was like a started with a P and it was the thing that was between Right. Oh uh, man Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Um hang on, I'm gonna Google look it, it. up. <laughs> hang on, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Uh phlogiston. Called... Uh which was <laughs> the uh sort I w- of I wouldn't the, have got that. The spin <laughs> basic okay, so basically every single D&D setting was contained within a sphere um mm-hmm. so you had you know faerûn greyhawk mm-hmm. ravenloft um athas you know the setting mm-hmm. of dark sun all contained within these crystal spheres which are floating in the phlogiston this big mm-hmm. ocean that is like <laughs> it's all the elements and none of the elements like it's not mm-hmm. air it's not fire it's not water it's just kind of like Elemental chaos, and you can fly yeah. these ships called spell jammers through the Phlogiston and penetrate these these spheres and visit the different worlds. It's basically, what it established is that even though each setting was its own world, the worlds themselves were part of a greater sort of um, cosmology, and all shared the same uh, planes. So, right. like. They all existed on the Material Plane, and if you visited the Feywild, you were in the same Feywild that you would be in if you visited the Feywild from Athos or Mm -hmm. Kryn or Faerun. Like, it was all the same Feywild, and that sort of established, like, okay, this is how it works. So that's kind of my preferred way of looking at it, and I also like the idea that, like, if you were in one world and you wanted to go to another world, you could, like, hop into the Feywild and then— Get into a different world using the Feywild as kind of like an alleyway, like yeah. a, like a cosmological alleyway, um, and, you, and, and you need a, ha-
0: a hamster <laughs> a hamster companion to, right. to guide you on your travels.
1: Well, see, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, see, this is where the sliders come in. See, cause that that's definitely more toward the fantasy end of it. Now, yes. if we slide that slider a bit more toward the 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 science the sci fi part of it, right? The way I the way I sort of envision that sort of thing in in, in in a world that I would create, would be that each 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 sun has its own set of planes associated with it. Mm. In other words, because when you go to these planes, they all have like bipedal humanoids, you know, that that look vaguely like us, and they relate to us. And even the Feywilds and and the Shadowfell are sort of these weird versions of the world, basically. Right. But it occurs to me if there are these other planetary systems with completely alien races they would have no relationship at all to these planes. They would mean nothing to them. Right. So my thought was that there are these, that each sun has its own set of planes associated with it. The mm. void in between has nothing. So the sun sort of collect these planes almost around them or generate them somehow. But e- each sun has its own. You know, sun, suns that don't have any life tend to be very sort of vague planes, uh, you know, with the basic elements and some other things. But, you know, and and maybe there are ways to travel between... Like you said, the I uh, uh, like they described it with the um, spell gem or the spheres. So yeah. each yeah. each group of planes around its individual star, you could maybe travel between those to this other completely alien place. Right, right. That's the more sci-fi leaning because it bothers me when people make aliens like humans, you know? For sure. <laughs> for sure. You know? Yeah, like, for sure. They wouldn't be that way. The uh,
0: <laughs> world of... Arbitron, the absolute tabletop campaign setting, mm-hmm. yeah. is kind of like that astral sea a little bit, but it it's is, called the yeah. Bleak, and it's a right. little
2: more mm-hmm. awful. Bleak. Like it's just <laughs>
0: awful. <laughs>
2: I, yeah. I did a one shot sort of mashup uh, for I was running a Star Trek campaign a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, fa- the FASA version, and yeah. uh, oh, nice. And um, and I wanted to I wanted to mix things up, so th- I had the uh, the crew. Uh, uh, you know tra- go to another dimension, kind of like with the mirror universe, but this one they went to a, they went to a version of the universe where magic existed, and so uh, the Vulcans basically ruled the galaxy because with their mental with, with their natural mental powers, they were basically like you know the equivalent of like mind flares as far as right. like that level of nice. power oh, so you know? Um, and you know the ships the ships had you know warp drive, but they were all but they were sort of piloted by you know, by by these magical abilities. And it was just, you know, a really interesting mashup and but they were only there temporarily, you know, until they could find a way but to get back and you know, that kind of thing. So it was a, it was just a, a little shakeup. I
0: love those little shake ups though. Yeah. That's they're so often perfect for natural breaks. You know, this might be, I don't know if it's genre crossing, but good and villain, good and evil. Like mm-hmm. uh there was one uh, campaign. I might have mentioned this in a previous episode of Roll Up and Die, but there was one campaign where we played, you know, 10 sessions playing these good guys, and mm-hmm. one guy had to bail. He couldn't play this one session, but, you know, player number two could, so he came, he came and I kind of... We did an alternate, re, alternate universe sort of mm-hmm. episode or whatever uh, with the remaining members of the group where they were villains. They were evil, mm-hmm. and it felt kind of like a... I mean, what you know what? It wouldn't be a cross-genre, obviously, but it felt like th- just that break that was needed, it felt like it served that same purpose, most definitely. Mm-hmm. The next question is from Lucas N. Uh, it says, is it better to create new classes, weapons, and abilities yourself? All right. I already know that the answer's already no. Yep. Just for me. <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm going to give it to you guys. I'm going to let them talk. <laughs> Uh, or, or is it easier to just reskin existing aspects to fit the genre? <laughs> uh, Alex, yeah. do you want to do the fish metaphor
2: right now, or do you want to <laughs> wait? The end? No. Uh, All right, we, you guys go say ahead. In, in, insert fish metaphor here. Yeah. Um, but to to, to <laughs> clarify that a bit, I would say do both. I mean, if if you can reskin, that's that's obviously the easiest solution. But if you can't, don't be afraid to you know make up something. You know, if it works, it works. You know, I mean, he's on, you know, he's onto something though. Like,
0: uh, it's so good to have a place to start. Yeah. you know when you're and and it's difficult when not necessarily you know saying that Lucas is just getting into role playing but yeah. for many people whether they're new or seasoned gamers when the option for pirate is not right in front of you uh-huh. it for some reason seems difficult to run a pirate game it seems like yeah. it's something that's out of reach but uh when you just get used to reskinning yeah. by using the things that already exist and tailoring them I think you're yeah. uh, you're on the right track. Sorry well, to hijack your
2: Oh no, that. no that's fine. Uh, you're right. And I think going back to what we said earlier, finding out what's important and then picking the right base role you know system to start with is, is you're going to have a lot less you have to change. Or at least you'll have a lot less of the difficult stuff to change. Like if you need a really solid magic system, then use a system that has a good magic system in it because that's going to be the harder thing to build. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Versus if you need it to have a a strong horror Mm -hmm. aspect. And so you need a a good system that that deals with sanity and, and madness, that sort of thing, then go with something like that. Figure out what is, you know, what are the important aspects to your, you know, to your genre
0: mashup? I, I always like reskinning uh, dice yep. from the Provokers. You know, he yep. shot icicles <laughs> out of his fingertips, out of his wands, out of his chest, out of his eyeballs, out of his butt. <laughs> like he's
1: sh- and it was all magic
0: missile, okay? It was all yeah, magic yeah. missile. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, th- uh, let's answer <laughs> one more question. What do you think of that? Yeah. And one more. This question is going to come from our good friend. Which one of you is our good friend? Dwayne W. is our good friend, uh, <laughs> says, I know that functionally a good bow hits about as hard as a modern pistol. I'd, man, But higher tech runs over lower tech in a big way. On the other side of the coin, someone with a high-tech blaster doesn't do well in a high magic setting mm. as pssst, the blaster stops working and your mech armor freezes up. Okay. Uh, is there even a way to find a good balance for all things? Is GURPS even a viable game? Man, this got big. <laughs> this got big. Okay. So the first question, here's the thing. I don't think anything's overpowered in in a world or in a game where you as the game master are the arbiter of the balance yeah. of powers. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: I hate the word balance. And I know that, yeah, I, like, me too. because, mo- me too. and I talk about this a lot, but most of the time when people talk about balance, they're talking about one thing, and it's damage in combat and effectiveness yeah. in combat. But, games are so much more than combat and even a game like D and D, which is very combat oriented, there's a lot of things in that game that are worthwhile mm-hmm. that aren't combat oriented. So anyway, yeah. so just getting that out of the way, balance is bullshit. But to answer the question <laughs> Here, here. Like you're saying, Barker, like it, it, you control this game and your players control the game. And, um, you know, I'm working on a, a setting and a rule set right now called Harbinger, which is a sort of science fantasy uh, retooling of fifth edition. So it uses mm-hmm. the fifth edition rules as foundation, but it's all new classes and an t- entirely new magic system. And part of what we've struggled with is incentivizing people to take melee weapons as an option rather mm-hmm. than just the the uh, blaster weapons, which are called pulsers, because pulsers do a lot more damage. They have range Mm -hmm. and are just cooler. But so what we ended up doing is we we sort of, um, included a lot more really awesome, uh, weapon mod options for melee weapons. Mm -hmm. And we also, um, created this rule where if you're inside a spaceship or a space station and you roll a one using a pulser, you have blown a hole through the side of the ship and you're now leaking air and gravity. (laughs) So it incentivizes people to use melee weapons (laughs) and have melee weapons on hand for if you get into a fight in a hallway in a ship, you don't want to be shooting pulsers all over the place. Because um, yeah, you're going to blow a blast. hole through the side of the ship. So things like that, like, you don't even have to have it mechanical. It can just be story. Yeah. Like, That's if everyone what, agrees that, at the table, yes. like, it wouldn't make sense for me to, like, unload a laser machine Gatling gun inside this ship that is pressurized. Like, I'm not going to do it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, that was exactly what I was going to... Say is my advice mm-hmm. was that listen if there if you're doing a Stone Age game and someone has a blaster and you're going to introduce a blaster to it that is a storyline element that's a story item yeah. that's not a, yeah. a thing for the character sheet I don't think at all uh, if an NPC has has it you describe them doing an immense amount of damage and killing somebody or you know like really yeah. severely wounding you or give it to the players and let them use it and let them just describe what it looks like when they, uh, you know, obliterate or eviscerate their enemies at the hands of this machine gun when they are, you know, in... 16th century Europe. And you don't need to, you don't need to add mechanics where they don't belong. And I think in, in a lot of genre crossing, Dwayne's on, on a, he's got a good point. He's onto something here in that when you're crossing genres, you need to decide what gets put on the character sheet and what gets put, you know, in the GM's
1: notes. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a worthwhile, like, I I don't want to put forth the idea that like, you shouldn't worry about it. Like, if you're going to introduce uh technology or magic or you know just some element that doesn't already exist in the setting like do it with a careful hand and think about it like do it purposefully and do it like not because you think just because you think it's cool but because you think it's going to serve a purpose to the story and the world and whatever like do give it some thought but you don't need to worry about balance necessarily like that's just that's a that's a a dirty word to me i hate that word
2: it is, and and because the world is not a balanced place, no matter exactly, how you look at it. Exactly, exactly. You know, and some, it, sometimes you're going to come up against people who are just more powerful. And, yeah, you know, so you either deal with it or you run away or you know whatever it takes.
1: Absolutely, and there yeah. are like obviously they're going to a fighter is going to be better in a fight than a bard. They just mm-hmm. are, and that's yeah. how it works. But the bard is so useful in so many other situations. Sure. So it's just you gotta you gotta not worry so much about balance all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, so for our idea that people can steal tonight, uh, mm-hmm. what do you, you guys have any ideas? I kind of had the basic idea of us just each coming up with a different genre and then us working together to create a world around it. But I always wanted, mm-hmm. I want, I want, I wonder if you guys have any better ideas than that that we might sample out. I, I kind of like love that idea. Yeah, yeah.
1: I kind of love the idea of us each putting forth a genre and then we have yeah. to build a world around it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, A,
0: a triple genre thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm gonna roll this die. This is an official right. roll-up and die D12, uh, and that's a one, which is actually me. So Ooh. I'm gonna throw out the first genre. Oh man, oh, um, wow. the first genre I'm gonna throw out is video game. Ooh. Oh, okay,
1: interesting. Okay, all right. All right.
0: Uh, next to throw in the genre is going to be Matt.
1: I'm gonna throw i I gotta uh c- like Cthulhu, eldritch <laughs> horror. Awesome! Nice.
0: I gotta, dude. Honestly, we've been we've been like <laughs> writing so much eldritch horror stuff. Like for- I know,
1: I'm, in, I'm <laughs> yeah. in Cthulhu mode right now. So yeah, me, me too. Uh, me too, actually. Yeah, yeah. You're running like two oh, Cthulhu nice. campaigns right now, right, <laughs> Alex?
2: Well, and and I'm and I'm in the process of converting over our. Uh, that's uh, right. Environment, our, our environment series to oh, work yes. with Call of Cthulhu. So.
0: Yep, that's right. So awesome. Uh, I don't know. Oh, that last role was you, Alex.
2: Oh, okay. We have video oh, game. Boy. We have Cthulhu. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to throw in uh, ooh, something really wild. Uh, how about uh, Supers? Oh, cool. Oh, man, All I'm already right. into it. Oh, yes.
0: Video game, Supers, Cthulhu. Like, uh, uh, we say Cthulhu. What's a, what's a good word for that? Pulpy 20s
2: horror?
1: Actually, uh, uh, like I would Eldritch say Cthulhu
2: Mythos is is kind of its own thing, really. But yeah, yeah. Eldritch okay. horror, yeah, horror. Okay, cool. So Eldritch
0: horror, it can be, it can transcend yeah. time frames.
1: Yes, so. definitely. I think mm-hmm. awesome. so.
0: All right. So the first two pitch in about this video game, Eldritch horror
2: uh, mm-hmm. slash supers game, is going to be Alex. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna say. I'm not sure. how, I'm, We don't really have a format for this, so uh, if I go too far, just stop me. Uh, what I'm thinking is that th- this these people created this this sort of video game matrix that uh, that that people could like almost a virtual reality they could they could go into and and it and it was you know almost it was pretty much global. Everyone could like jump in and play. It was like the ultimate MMORPG, mm. and and everyone could be sort of part of it, but. It was so there was something there was an aspect to it that actually sort of tunneled through to this other reality, and these Eldritch horrors started to seep in and, and to to affect people's minds as they played it. Uh, eldritch horrors, mind control over the players, kind of thing, or certainly driving them mad. Yeah, like I'm, it, yeah, they, 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 they're, becoming, they're becoming, in, yeah, they're becoming, yeah, they're starting to hallucinate the game outside the game, that sort of thing. Oh, cool. Rolled a one, which is me,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy that it's me because just. Weird. Just when I rolled, I was like, man, I really want to go next and look at the die. Amazing. Um, it's like magic. Uh, I I like the idea the the greater villain is this just evil demagogic being that is kind of like, you know, the great old one uh, at the bottom mm. of the sea, but using monstrosities to as minions, uh, as lackey minions while it gains power in the game and in the minds of the people who play it. I'm going to leave something to Matt specifically. This is a supers game and so I imagine yeah, in this I got an cool idea. video game eldritch horror thing, there's some sort of like superhero or super squad or superhero thing going on. So what? hold on, wait. Matt, what's that about?
1: Okay, so, alright, so, I think that in the same way that the, these sort of, like, um, otherworldly beings are affecting people inside this video game situation, I think that people are also sort of carrying things out of the game into the real world. So, sort of going on with this sort of Matrix idea, you know how, like, in the second and third Matrix movie when Neo can mm. kind of uh, start affecting the machines outside of the Matrix? Yeah. Like, what if you could, um, what if your character was, like, a very, like... Normal, like, everyday person, but you could choose, like, one thing that you could do inside the game to bring outside of the game, essentially making you a, like, minor superhero. Like, okay, this person can create flames. This person can uh, affect, like, electromagnetic pulses. This person can jump really far. Uh, This person can breathe underwater. And so you basically have, like, a minor superpower to be able to contend with uh, the elder towers that are both inside the game, but also beginning to yeah. manifest in the real world. And you could even have something cool where if this was an RPG, you could have mm-hmm. like a two-sided character sheet and on one side, you would have your abilities inside the game and out, and on the other side, you'd have oh, like your, nice. your normal everyday abilities. And maybe as you level up, the abilities from the MMO side can start migrating over to your real world abilities. Like, okay, I can't shoot lasers out of my eyes in the real world, yet, but that's what yeah, I'm going to do nice. when I when I level up or progress, you know I'm going to move this ability to the other side of the sheet or whatever. Yeah and this
0: party is a party is going to need to combine forces when they find out that the great mm-hmm. static one is waking from her digital slumber <laughs> yeah. to uh, turn the, these mad players into these creatures or monstrosities that I mentioned before. It's going to be yeah, and, and, yeah. before she comes through into the real world forever for once and for good.
1: And dude, I see like, a, I see this very like vivid image in my mind of like the cover of like, or like the poster of this. It's like, mm-hmm. um, like three teenagers and they all have like these like VR headsets on, but they're also like holding weapons or like conjuring magic. And they're just like standing there with these VR headsets on yeah. like using their superpowers with this dark dude. figure sort of rising. behind yeah, them. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. We
0: should make them like Oakley sunglasses so we can get a sponsorship dude, from Oakley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thinking <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's hey, a, that's, that's, a, that's that's called important. a marketing Branding. mindset. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say quickly an, another option to sort of you know tie that all together is uh, maybe maybe the AI that's part of the system is trying to fight back, and so it's sort of raising its own army by giving oh. these these abilities too. So the, you have the ultra char, but then you have the the sort of more benevolent AI that's trying to. Save the world, that sort of thing. That's awesome. Some are. Uh,
0: Well, uh, I think that's that for this two-part episode of Roll Up and Die. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, not only to this one, but to the last one. Uh, This has been awesome, really diving into this subject. It's one that we oftentimes use and think about without putting a lot of thought to, if that makes sense. So it was cool to put some thought to it. Mm-hmm. Um thanks to everybody again for tuning in and listening. My name is Barker.
1: And my name is Matt from a Fistful of Dice.
0: And my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. And if you decide to run a game in this newfound setting involving video game eldritch horrors and (laughs) supers that obtain their characters' abilities from in-game to out-of-game, you should post it to the Roll Up and Die Facebook page uh, after running that game uh, or uh, writing a song about that game or a post about that game (laughs) or... Uh I don't know, whistling a tune into your iPhone voice recorder about that game. That'd be fun. It's always fun to hear from you over at the Roll Up and Die Facebook page where we take all your questions and talk to all the lovely people that are listening to this voice right now. So thanks everybody and Godspeed. Uh, Godspeed blah blah blah. What you've just listened to has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2017. How official. The games, films, TV shows, and other stuff we talked about during this episode are the properties of their respective owners. So be sure to borrow nicely, okay? Any snippet, portion, clip, or other synonym for part of this show can absolutely be used in other media so long as credit is given to the Roll Up and Die podcast you can find all three of the primary hosts on youtube and other websites matt can be found at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice barker can be found at youtube.com slash be a better game master and both of their work can be found at www.absolutetabletop.com captain gothnog is also on youtube at youtube.com captain gothnog and his work can be found on drive-through rpg under critical hit publishing Be sure to keep track of us on iTunes at rollupanddie.podbean.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, everybody, and as always, happy gaming.